One thing that we've done in the past is if one key champion at our account gets a promotion, we want to celebrate that because obviously in a little bit of a way, our technology helps them get there. They were made to look like a hero. And so what I like to do is, you know, celebrate that yes on LinkedIn and publicly, but also send them a couple of gifts and say like, you know, congratulations, this is so well-deserved. We're so excited that you've been promoted and making that fun and personal as well. Welcome to the State of Customer Storytelling Podcast with your host, myself, Sam Schepler. The State of Customer Storytelling is the show that is all about helping B2B marketing leaders get the download on the most current practices and strategies related to all things customer marketing and customer advocacy, so you can make customer stories your competitive advantage. The State of Customer Storytelling is brought to you by Testimonial Hero. Testimonial Hero helps over 300 B2B software companies easily create stunning video testimonials that close deals faster. If you're looking for a better, easier way to scale professional video testimonials, both in person as well as all over the world and remotely, check out Testimonial Hero. You can view examples and find out more at testimonialhero.com. Today on the show, we have a fantastic guest, Emma Miller-Krim, Head of Customer Marketing at SnapDocs. Emma, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And tell me a little bit about your background, just to kick things off. What's your background and then how did you sort of see a need for customer marketing at SnapDocs? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been with SnapDocs for almost three years now, which is ages in the tech industry. And... Originally, I started doing channel marketing. So a lot of events, a lot of webinars, um, some demand generation partner, really small team. So if it was if it was happening at SnapDocs, I was definitely a part of it on the marketing side. And then coming into 2020, I saw a huge need for customer marketing in particular. We had a couple of testimonials and we had really strong customers, but there really wasn't a narrative for, for customer marketing. And so I decided that it would be a really good opportunity to kind of build that at SnapDocs. I truly believe that brand and reputation of our company is our customers. And so I decided to build that from the ground up. That's such a good point about the power of, of customer stories. And I actually want to dig into that a little bit more. In your opinion, why does customer marketing and customer advocacy and getting those customer stories out there, why does that matter you know, more than ever today? I mean, you probably get a ton of emails as well, sales emails, marketing outreach, and it's truly hard to know really what to believe anymore. Is this product actually doing the thing that I need it to do? Are these sales pitches full of truth or am I going to find out after I implement that something's not not quite right? And so the reason why I find the customer narrative so important is that it's obviously directly from the customer's mouth. And so they are the ones speaking directly to our prospects. They are the ones in these stories vouching for what we can do at SnapDocs. I think that's the strongest thing. So we do have uh, reference calls. We have testimonials. Anytime we can put a customer sort of in the, the driver's seat, 
I find that we are winning more deals. We are honestly more truthful. And one thing that I truly believe in customer marketing at Snapdocs is the importance of trusting our customers. I never want to be on a reference call. I never want to make up things that you know are not necessarily in line with what the customer is working on at that moment. And I think that that has made us really successful. And one thing that that I absolutely love about our customers is they're a group of really, really passionate people. And similar to to how we are at Snapdocs, we are wanting to uplift the industry. We're not wanting to disrupt it. I know we hear a lot about disruption in the tech industry. One thing that I particularly love about Snapdocs and our customers is we're actually trying to uplift the entire industry and our customers see that. That's awesome. And I love that you use the the phrase customer narrative because to me when i hear that phrase that means like you are thinking about this in a very strategic way right it's not just like ad hoc here's a story there's a story it's like there is actually like a proactive strategy that, that you're considering for this customer narrative and tell me a little bit more about that like how do you think about that and did you go about actually figuring out that strategy and, and figuring out like, what is our customer narrative? And it's so powerful, right? Cause like, you know, sure. Like ad hoc stories are better than nothing and that's great. But like the real power, which I feel like you have aligned with is like having that narrative and having that strategy. Definitely. It, it starts honestly with the sales cycle. I truly believe that a good sales cycle, one that has fantastic account executives who are responsive, who are there at every turn, giving the prospect what they need, it starts there. And that's why I always say to, to our CSM team, if they had a good sales process, that's a story right there. So let's start there. And then we can build on that. So one thing that that I like to do is really, you know, talk with the AE team, talk with the CSM team, understand the customer's goals. And I think that maybe I'm just biased, but our CSM team is, in my opinion, one of the most fantastic teams I've ever worked with. And they are really about setting goals even higher than sort of the customer expectation. And that really ensures that we're able to get ahead of the market and we're able to understand the industry, that we're a part of the industry, like I said, not disrupting the industry. And we're really able to then kind of leverage that into our narratives for customers. Obviously, as prospects become customers, one of the key components of that is being able to during that process, arm RAEs and arm our account marketers with references up front that really speak to any objections they think that the prospect might have, and then arm them with a testimonial in the middle. So maybe something came up where so-and-so competitor can do X, Y, and Z, and we're able to really make sure that that's alleviated right up front so we can say, okay, this customer, this case study speaks directly to, to that pain. And then throughout the whole process, that's really where I see customer marketing is being able to, at every step of the sales cycle, arm our AEs and our AMs with anything they might need. And so kind of circling back to your original question about the customer narrative, it's really important to create a strategy where you can speak to every single objection 
that comes about. And one one really important component of particularly the mortgage industry is we're obviously working with banks, we're working with independent mortgage bankers, and we're working with credit unions. And those can range in size from you know small to very, very, very large. And so we have to make sure that we have this 360 degree view of the customer narrative. We have to make sure that there is a narrative for every single product, for every single type of bank, for every single size, really, you name it, there should be a testimonial for it so that we don't have any gaps. And that's something that I've been continuing to work on as well. Yeah. I love the phrase like gaps. I think that is like the operative term, right? Is like mapping that all out and then doing the gap analysis and understanding like where can we use testimonials to fill those gaps. However, at least in my experience, like it can be very, uh, there's a lot of stuff to track there. Like how, how have you built that out? Whether it's like, do you have like a matrix or like functionally, like how do you sort of track that and like map out that strategy so you can understand where the gaps are, but also kind of prioritize which stories you want to focus on sooner rather than later? Yeah. Well, every week I get a report that is um, sent by me to me from Salesforce, basically downloading all of the different cycles that we see in the pipeline. And then I'm able to identify, okay, so here here are some strategic deals that I know are going to be coming up in the next couple of months or so. And I can really make sure you know, seeing the notes from our sales team, what they might need to be successful throughout that deal. And so if I then am finding that there's a gap, like let's say there's a particular product that, you know, this prospect's wanting to use that we don't really have a strong story on, that's when I'm like, okay, we need to identify our customers that are able to speak to that. And one thing that I wanted to mention is that Yes, it's, it is really hard to be able to keep track of it and identify that. I've decided to use various technologies to help me do that. Spreadsheets, but also there is technology that can track all of this, can actually tag these assets so that when a sales rep comes in to, to this technology, they're able to actually um, sort through every single asset we've ever done and every single reference. It's sort of what I like to call the Marketo of reference, where it's like, really annoying to use, but it's comprehensive. Reference edge. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, um, okay. (laughs) So we, we do leverage technology. Yes, we have lots of spreadsheets, but I'm able to actually input a lot of the assets that we have along with quotes, along with those that are willing to take reference calls or be listed on RFP, really any sort of asset you can possibly imagine and actually tag these assets automatically so that a sales representative can come in and say, you know, I'm looking for someone from X competitor. I'm looking for someone that can speak directly to this feature. I'm looking for someone who's this size. I'm looking for someone based in this location. I have about 25 different fields you can click off and that will narrow it down to particular assets so that our sales team does feel armed and they can actually go through and and use that themselves. And then I can actually easily record that, pull reports on that and make sure that our testimonials, our narratives are getting the use that they they deserve. The other part of that is it's really important as, as I've identified gaps to make sure that we are doing the heavy lifting. I know that there's a lot of reference programs that 
um, a reference protocol can, can generally require quite a bit of our customers. And I'm extremely customer centric. It shouldn't be that I take down some notes and then I require you to hop on a call for 30 minutes. And then I require you to write up something. And then I require you to like make sure that your quotes are edited. I think it's really my responsibility as a customer marketer to write everything up, even write up quotes really do my research in the various databases that we have, collecting stats, collecting information. And then only when I find that there's particular gaps that maybe even the CSM doesn't have answers to that I reach out. And that goes for quotes. That goes for even if we're writing a reference letter, I want to write that reference letter for you. And then you can go ahead and edit or approve that. And so that's something that's been, I think that that was a huge blocker for a while at Snapdocs where we're just waiting for approvals rather than, or we're waiting for content to come through, waiting for approvals, rather than just writing it up and sending it over to the customer to then approve. I love that. It's like this whole idea of like effortless experience, right? It's like always, how can I make this more effortless for the customer, right? Because everyone's, everyone's busy. Um, so I wanted to kind of just summarize a little bit for folks who are kind of in that phase, maybe, you know, they're listening to this, they're working on their customer narrative, their customer story strategy. So basically, I'll summarize and then maybe you can fill in any addition stuff. So it's like at a high level, you really want to kind of map out all your different personas, your use cases, the objections associated with those, you know, the frequently asked questions, which are sometimes objections, sometimes they're just questions and and really have that you know, like a big matrix of that for every single persona in sales situation, especially the ones that are pressing or strategically very important. And then, of course, you know, make sure you have the content that supports all of that. Is that an accurate characterization or what else kind of would you would you add to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's really important. I think one big thing is also just understanding what the customer wants out of it. And so one thing, particularly in the mortgage industry, that's really, really tricky is a lot of folks aren't able to accept any sort of monetary gift, or a lot of folks are willing to say something nice about us, but they just simply don't have the time. And when I mean, they don't have the time, they like truly do not have a moment. So they don't have time for gamification, or they don't have time to like, do other things to try and to try and help us out. And so what I find really important is hopping on a call with a customer, introducing sort of what advocacy looks like and understanding the time that they can commit to something like this. If it's five minutes, fantastic. You can write a review on one of the review sites that we have, and I can write that up for you. You can just simply approve it or you can edit it. If you have 20 minutes a month, fantastic. You can hop on a reference call with one of our customers. And then if you have you know a little bit more time to spare and you want to build your personal brand, do some other assets with us like customer testimonials or speak at a conference, speak on one of our webinars, then we can arm you with an outline and we can arm you with a script if need be. But I think it's really important to understand the timeframe that they're willing to commit And then also rewarding properly. So yes, if it is monetary, fantastic. I want to personalize that as much as I can. I want to build, especially since the mortgage industry is so relationship-based, 
I want to build a personal connection with you so that I know if you want a drone and this did happen, there was a customer who's like, I love drones. Mine just broke. I'm going to get you a cool drone. If you would rather have a session with a consulting partner or be a part of some sort of networking opportunity or advisory board or beta test a product. These are other options that are non-monetary and might be a little bit of a better fit for what you can do at your company or what you might want to do. And so it's important to yeah understand the time commitment that a customer can spend and also understand what they can receive as a reward and really base your program off of that. I love that. And what else did you learn in this process of building a customer marketing program from the ground up? Because I feel like we just hit on a lot there. Anything else, any other big learnings or takeaways? Yeah. One thing that that I think is also important is just writing a full list of all of the different types of assets you could do with a particular customer. I like to set a gold standard for customer advocacy. So that could mean that they're a part of a testimonial that could mean that they speak at a conference panel. They are part of a reference call once a month and really outlining all of the different assets that you think a gold standard customer could, could partake in. And then from there, you can actually, as I'm sure many folks on this show have, have shared, break up those assets into smaller assets, reuse it. And so you're really getting a comprehensive look at the customer. One other thing that I'm starting to ramp up is sort of a 360 degree view of the customer, because obviously if we have a, a a testimonial from X customer, it might be really only from the perspective of a specific persona, or it might be really only from the perspective of someone that uses a particular feature of the product. And so being able to actually gather a 360 view is super, super important. I think really impactful. And that way it can better speak to other people who are viewing it. So we have someone in, for example, project management speak to X, Y, and Z. And then we have a C-level person speak to like more of a strategy view and really being able to build a 360 degree view of the customer, I think is super important. I did want to ask you about breaking up those assets. If we could. That is totally fine. I think. There was one more thing I wanted to add just generally about lifecycle marketing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So another thing is really being able to celebrate each milestone that a customer accomplishes. And so with the CS team outlining what that might look like, and this is something that we're still working on, but making sure that at each level of adoption or at each implementation, and then as, as a scale as a customer... I want that to be celebrated. I also want to celebrate the personal accomplishments of our champions at each customer account. And so one thing that we've done in the past is if one key champion at our account gets a promotion, we want to celebrate that because obviously in a little bit of a way, our technology helps them get there. They were made to look like a hero. And so what I like to do is, you know, celebrate that yes on LinkedIn and publicly, but also send them a couple of gifts and say like, you know, congratulations. This is so well-deserved. We're so excited that you've been promoted and making that fun and personal as well. And then the last thing I just wanted to share was something that I'm currently ramping at SnapDocs is an industry advisory board. And this is really important. I know that it sounds tangential to, to customer marketing, but I think it's actually very, very much in line. 
it is a way to bring, especially in the mortgage industry, policymakers, regulators, and lawmakers, and other industry folks, bringing them together with key customers, but also key prospects to kind of give a more holistic view of what needs to get done in the industry. What are we working on? What is the next thing? And so we are kind of keeping that pulse on the market and we are really making sure that we are just a step ahead of of our competitors. It's really easy to be in line with competitors and offer the same things as competitors and talk about the same things as competitors. But what really sets you apart is being one step ahead And as a technology company in a very antiquated industry, it's important to show that you know what you're talking about. You know that you are a part of the industry rather than, again, a disruptor. Yeah. So another thing we were talking about, you know, pre-show was this idea of kind of how important it is to atomize, you know, your, your customer content, right? And you mentioned taking your 20-minute video case study and then creating the two-minute versions that speak to specific personas and then maybe even more micro content from there. But maybe just can you share a little bit for the audience about, you know, how you think about that, why creating this micro content is important and yeah, how you're approaching it. Yeah, definitely. So I think creating a larger asset, yes, it obviously takes more time at first, but then being able to really break that up. And like you said, sort of segmented into smaller pieces that are more digestible is super, super important. And you can also kind of do like a day long film shoot and then section that up, like you said, according to persona. And so we can speak to different things in one fell swoop, essentially. One thing that I think is really important too, is as things continue to be more virtual, just generally, and people are more remote or working remote, it's important to kind of come up with new types of content that are more digestible that people can listen to at their own time. So something that I've been wanting to do for a while is podcasts, but five to 10 minute clips so that We can have a customer or an industry expert or really anyone just come on, talk for about five to 10 minutes on whatever they want. And then we'd be able to share that and have, you know, prospects or anyone that wants to listen to it, listen to it at their own time. They don't have to be sitting there listening to it at a particular time during the day. Like maybe they can't make it. Maybe they have another meeting pop up or something else. And the great thing about that is being able to also download that content and we can obviously capture leads from that. But then we know, you know, okay, this person is willing to spend a couple of minutes listening to the, to these little quippy pieces of content. And I think that same thing can be done when you're atomizing larger content. So again, yeah, breaking up things into two minute videos, and then again, into even smaller clips that are super digestible. So when someone's scrolling on LinkedIn, there's a 15 second video that was once a part of a two minute video, which was once a part of a 20 minute video. So I think that's, that's really, really impactful and can grab someone's attention. Yeah, it's so true. And I feel like today, everything, you know, it's almost a cliche, but everything has to be just a little bit more snackable and short to kind of cut through the noise, right? With all that sort of competing noise out there, right? Whether it's scrolling through LinkedIn or your inbox or anywhere, right? So yeah. But at the same time, you know, further down the funnel, there is a, you know, a real need for those slightly longer pieces 
once you've kind of earned more engagement. So um, yeah, as you said, you got to have it all. And then you also mentioned, you know, video and obviously myself, I'm a big fan of all things customer video. But in your opinion, you know, what's special about about video when you have the opportunity to capture a customer story on video, be it in person filming or remote filming? Yeah, absolutely. And we do both. We do an in-person and remote videography. I think what's so important about it is just obviously that personal touch. We can talk about our customers and, you know, written narratives, but having a face to, to that, I think is way more personable. And, you know, the mortgage industry is so relationship based that a lot of folks will actually look at something and be like, Oh, I know that person. Or they'll see them at an event later and be like, Oh yeah, like you spoke on this video. And I think it's just, it's way more impactful. And I believe that video can be recorded really at any time. I work with a fantastic field marketing manager who had a really cool idea that we have not done yet, but we're going to do where we basically at conferences would have an event at events. And so we have our booth and we would have a little schedule of customers coming by who would do just a couple of minutes talking about their experience with Snapdocs, specifically, you know, different value that they get out of it. And we would record that. And then that would be a draw to our booth, first of all. But then we could reuse that content for other things. So we could break it up into smaller assets once again, or we could just use that video to put on our website, to put on LinkedIn. And that way we're kind of like killing two birds with one stone. We're not only drawing people to our booth at a conference doing a fireside chat because we have a little fireplace in our booth, but we're also filming that and reusing that gold in other places across our our website and publicly. Yeah, I love that. And especially as conferences come back, it's such a good reminder that, oh yeah, like conferences can be a really good place to capture this content again. I think, you know, so we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I wanted to circle back. I know one thing that people are always working to improve is like how to make the ask of the customer so that how to like frame it in a way that, you know, gets them to say yes for like a traditional video testimonial or case study or reference activity, you hinted at a key point around like helping them understand that, you know, they're the hero. Any tips just around how to actually make that ask, like phrasing, you know, how you frame it. And because ultimately I think that is where a lot of people procrastinate, you know, sometimes because they're just not sure how to frame it sometimes. Absolutely. So this is pretty particular to each customer. So I actually like to work with the CSM on, okay, what is most impactful to make this ask? Is it my reaching out and CCing you so that they kind of see a familiar name? Is it you reaching out with a template that I provide, CCing me, introducing me? Is it me hopping on one of your calls just to say, hey, we've really enjoyed our partnership and we really think that you know, seeing the value from, you know, these statistics and this and these data points that you could speak really well to this, that is also super impactful. So it, it definitely depends. It depends on the CSM on that account and it depends on the customer as well. So that's sort of where I start. But then moving along down the line, it's really important to, once they do say, yeah, yeah, I'm interested, letting them know that what the time commitment is right off the bat so that there's not back and forth emails being like, how long is this going to take me? Or like, what am I going to get out of it? 
sharing some of the benefits that our other customers have seen from doing particular testimonials with us, if it's a testimonial, sharing about you're building your own personal brand, you are building your own personal brand, and just celebrating who they are in the industry. And one thing that I think is super cool is once they do agree to something, I, I never do like to over ask, but once they say, yeah, I'll do a case study or I will act as a reference, asking for something really quickly in the email being like, if you have five minutes, if you could just write this review, I've written something up. If you could just post it on one of the review sites, that's really impactful too. Because more times than not, they will go ahead and do that. And actually, typically when I do hop on a call with a customer, if it winds up being they want to hop on a call and learn a little bit more about advocacy at SnapDocs or learn a little bit more about a testimonial that we want them to do, I typically actually like to end the meeting uh, about 5 to 10 minutes early. And the reason why I do that is not to annoy them, but to say, okay, we have about five to 10 minutes left. If you wouldn't mind just taking that time to post a review really quickly, fantastic. I obviously frame it in a much better way. And typically our customers are like, absolutely. But it really carves out that time for them instead of feeling like it's another thing on their to-do list. I love that. That's such a good point because people sometimes, it's not that they don't want to write the review. It's just it's easy to, to procrastinate on that and just doing it right then and not having to take any more time is such a great hack effectively to, to actually get it done. Yeah. Removing all the barriers is is probably the most important thing that I can I can say. <laughs> 100%. Emma, this has been fantastic. Where can people get in touch with you and if they want to connect or, or learn learn more? Yeah. So you can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. You can also get in touch with me via email if you'd like. So that's emma.miller-crim at snapdocs.com. Perfect. Well, this was fantastic, Emma. Really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing these stories and strategic tips and everything. We'll have to have a, a round two sometime. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me. Alrighty, folks. That was a fantastic episode with Emma Miller-Crim, Head of Customer Marketing at Snapdocs couple of my you know favorite takeaways just to outline them quickly we talked a lot about customer narrative and you know having a much more strategic outlook on on this and one thing that Emma said that really stuck with me was like customer story strategy starts within the sales process talking to the the AE team the AM team the, the CSM team it's something that I think we all hear is like, oh, you know, talk to the salespeople. But sometimes it's like, you know, you literally can't do it enough. And, and I love how Emma brought that up and understanding the landscape and the challenges that sales is facing. And then how can we as, as customer advocacy experts, customer marketers, arm them with that super valuable content that speaks to those objections. And I love what Emma said around anytime we can put customer in the driver's seat, we're winning more deals. Such a powerful, powerful point. And we talked about doing the gap analysis and a lot of good stuff there. Also understanding, you know, what does the customer want to get out of it? Such a, such an important key, key point, giving people options to participate, especially based on the time frame that they're willing to commit, right? We also talked about how to reward them properly. Do they want a cool new consumer tech product like a drone? Do they want a networking opportunity? Do they want to 
be able to beta test a new product. So like understanding every customer is a little bit different and, and ha- helping them get what, what matters to them is super powerful. Also talked about, you know, having that full list of different types of activities you could do. We talked about the power of video and, and atomizing content. If you are doing customer marketing today and you want to cut through the noise, like there's no two ways around it. Like you're going to have to do more video and you're going to have to atomize it into shorter clips today, especially on social. Those shorter clips are just really what's going to work better. And then also really love the part where Emma shared some really specific tactical advice on like how to actually make the ask, which you know, it's not a blanket answer. It, it sort of is like understand the situation, collaborate with the CSM. Should I be on CC? Should I be asking directly and keep the customer, keep the CSM on CC? Do we do it on a call? And, you know, jumping on a call, you know, it's insane. Like we've really enjoyed this partnership, which I, by the way, that phrase I think is a great way to just start the conversation, starting with that, recognizing that it is a partnership and that us as the the vendor, you know, have enjoyed it as well. And also reminding them, you know, what the benefits are, but what the benefits are of your advocacy program of participating in testimonial, they're going to get to build their personal brand. They're going to get that buzz and that PR in the industry. So like, just in a sense, it is kind of like a sales situation. You got to address the the objections that the customer might have. So it's like, well, how long is it going to take, you know, addressing that right off the bat? And then like, what am I going to sort of you know, get out of it in a sense? And so, yeah, those were some of my biggest takeaways. Really enjoyed that chat with Emma. Definitely encourage you to connect with her. I'm Sam Shepler again from Testimonial Hero. And until next time, we'll see you in the next episode.